Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit AtlantaHomesGuru.com forward slash radio. Excuse me, sit down. You weren't called. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. That's an offensive term. People find that hurtful. As journalists, you have to take a stand. We want our parks to be healthy and appear healthy. So I just want that lesson to be learned going forward um, in times of terror like that to please do something. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Come to South Carolina uh-huh. and I'll beat his brains out. If Lindsey Graham can beat your brains out, you've got problems. Good morning, Atlanta. It's 9.04 at News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi. And I am thrilled that you are here. I appreciate what my job is. My job is to get us together at Atlanta's largest diner table and to give us stuff to talk about, both of us. That includes you talking and me talking. It doesn't include uh, us having a conversation and then one of you deciding that you're more important than the rest of us and jumping up and going, you have to listen to me. You have to listen to me. You have to hear it. Which is, there's so many fascinating things. So many things have happened in the last, uh, well, particularly the last six years, but even the last few months, I never thought I would see. And it's one thing, for a uh, self-declared journalistic as we pay to jump up in the middle of a presser and announce, you have to listen to me. It's another thing for professional journalists to defend him. And it's, I, 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 we've, we've mentioned this a couple times in, in the past, but you, it, it's always a refresh, you know, it's a good refresher course to put it front of mind and that is that the press are not on your side. The days when you thought of a reporter, you know, beat reporter John Johnson for the news. And he goes out and he asks questions and then reports the answers so that you can know what's going on. It's done. The only place that you'll find honest, fully, you know, fully developed, here's what's going on, here's more than one angle on it, is talk radio and unfortunately as more and more talk radio decides it just wants to be a sycophant of the republican party and just you know carry water you know that's you know the real reason rush limbaugh needed all those drugs is because he hurt his back carrying so much water for the republican party um is that it's even smaller than talk radio and i you know i i do what i do because it's fun this is what i want to do when i meet you and those of us who've met out running around whatever at cigar city club or 
up in Gwinnett uh, or at the, the dog park in Dunwoody, whatever, you know. I just want to talk to you. I want to hear what you think. And I'm going to tell you everything that I can figure out that's relevant about what's going on. Well, those days for journalism, you just need to know it, are over. Now, let me start with the story because, um, and by the way, just so you know, we are uh, uh, keeping an eye on the story of two uh, local television journalists in southern Virginia uh, who were uh, killed during a live broadcast. And we're going to bring you details on that as we get more information that you can do something with. Right now, it's just a breaking story. The pieces are still coming together. And, of course, at any time during the show, anytime, you're welcome to call 844-404-1067 and be part of the conversation or suggest something that you uh, want to chat about. You're wel- welcome up. Welcome. This is what we do. It's We're at the diner hanging out. But so I want to start with this uh, Jorge Ramos story with what the heck really happened because you've had so much misinformation dumped on you in the past 12 hours or so. Start with the beginning. Univision, the number one uh, Spanish language television network in the United States. Jorge Ramos is kind of their lead guy in their news program. And uh, he and uh, his his company, Univision, and Donald Trump are in the middle of a fight because Donald Trump is suing Univision because Univision and its parent company canceled some stuff because of the mean things that Donald Trump said about Mexicans and rapists. So they're in the middle of a legal fight. So Donald Trump has a press conference, which everybody running for president and senator and dog catcher does that. And at his press conference, there's a room full of press reporters and there are a lot more reporters usually than there are than uh, uh, availabilities for questions. You know, you do a press conference, you only have so much time. You got stuff to do. You got to go meet voters. You got to go raise money for most people, not Trump. You got to go organize your campaign. You got to go do stuff. Now, I've run campaigns, and because of this job, I've been in the crowd at the pressers too. So I've been on both sides. And here is how it works Hi, I'm the candidate. I look around the room. I want to answer a question from you. Now, I can, there's 50 people who want to ask a question. I pick you. You see it all the time with President Obama. You, you do know, by the way, uh, that when President Obama does his White House press, not only is it does he pick who speaks, but there's a list. He goes through his, it's prearranged between his staff and the people in the room. He's going to call on the Associated Press first. and It's all laid out. That's how the world works. Now, yes, at some press events, you have people, Mr. President, whatever, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump. But in all of the screaming and yelling, what happens? The guy, the gal, you know, Carly Fiorina looks and says, you, you know, Newsweek, what's your question? Right? Isn't that how it works? Well, this is how Jorge Ramos wanted it to work Yesterday. Okay, who's uh, next? Yeah, please. Excuse me, sit down. You weren't called. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Go ahead. No, you don't. You haven't been called. Go back to Univision. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, stop this for a second. So, uh, we'll go back to the beginning. So here's what's happening. Donald Trump looks at a reporter, this kind of chubby, baldy white guy. 
and says, uh, yes, next question, go ahead. And Jorge, Jorge Ramos jumps up and says, Mr. Trump, I, you're, and, and, and by the way, his question is, you can't deport 11 million people. What you're doing is wrong. You're spreading hate. Question mark? I mean, where's the question? Where's the, I, I, there, there is a distinct lack of questions in here. Uh, if that sounds familiar, here is ABC News's Tom Yamas just the other day. That's an offensive term. People find that hurtful. You mean it's not politically correct and yet everybody uses it? Look it up in the dictionary. It's offensive. Okay. Where's the question in, that's an offensive term. Look it up. It's offensive. Dude, you're a reporter. Do do these people not? you're, uh, You're the question asker. I'm the person who matters. I'm the citizen. I'm the voter. I'm sitting here. I want to know what's going on. Who should I vote for? What should I support? Your job is, Mr. Trump. Uh, can you explain how your plan to eliminate 11 million you know, people is you know, going to work? Uh, Mr. Bush, can you explain why you use the term anchor baby, even though some people think it's offensive? Oh, that's, that's totally legit. But hey, you! But the most amazing part, and this is how you know you've been failed. You, that, you're, you're doing your job, right? You're out paying the bills. You're a plumber, teacher, whatever. You hump it every day. You do your job. You want to be a good citizen. You want to know what's going on in the world. You count on other people to do their job like you do yours. Your job is a plumber. Your job is to move the poop. People count on you to move the poop. You're a reporter. Your job is to ask the questions and report accurately what the answer was. That Your job is to move the poop. From the politician to my newspaper. That's your job, too. This is Jorge Ramos. Once again, here's here's the guy hosting the event saying, I want to ask answer your question, Phil Johnson or whoever. And here's Jorge Ramos. Um, okay, who's uh, next? Yeah, please. Excuse me. Sit down. You weren't called. Sit down. Sit down. I will not sit down. Sit down. I will not sit down. Go ahead. I have the right to. No, you don't. No, you, you haven't been called. No, you don't. Go back to Univision. Go ahead. You cannot deport 11 million Go ahead. Trump. You cannot deport 11 million people. You cannot deport a 1900 people. Go ahead. No, no, stop right there because there's something else that's not happening here. And I say this as a person who's been involved with the press my whole life, big fan of reporting back when it was legitimate. There was a day, and I've seen this, I've actually seen this happen where uh, I've been at a press event where some reporter decides. I'm going to keep talking or I'm going to make a statement or whatever. And you know what the reporters traditionally do? Sit down. Sit down. Oh, come on. Sit down. Or what will uh, happen is the guy who gets called on or the gal who gets called on will turn and look at the big mouth and go, excuse me, excuse me, this is my question, Mr. Trump, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll start. But the press, the press sat cowed. They said, cool, because he. Uh, uh, Jorge isn't screwing Donald. Donald's loving it. This is perfect for the Donald. This is right in his wheelhouse. Jorge's screwing the other reporters who are waiting to answer questions. His his statement is, I am more important than everyone in the room. I am more important. You must do what I say. I will not wait my turn. I will not stand in line. I will not obey the rules. I will not obey. You will obey me. I I got a comment for all the members of the media who are defending Jorge and acting like Jorge. I have a message for you from your customers, the readers and listeners and viewers. F you. Who the hell do you think you are? You're a dopey reporter. 
You're a dopey nobody reporter schlepping a notebook. You're a stenographer for history. You don't do anything. You don't propose anything. You don't make anything. You don't create anything. You don't even write fiction except for the fake fiction when you screw the stories for your, for your political bias. F you. Sit down. Shut up. Who the hell do you people think you are? You're, you want to be... You know, the great whoever, you know, uh, superstar journalist of the past. You want to be you know, Edward R. Murrow. You have these visions of, I'm going to be Woodward and Bernstein. You're not. You're a press flack who humps around the country in a bus writing down things that people who matter say. Just do your damn job. Okay? I have the right. I am important. No, you're not. Jeez Louise, I'm so sick of it. ABC, George Stephanopoulos, you don't understand. You have to answer. Dude, George, you were a hack in the White House. You were a toady for Bill Clinton. Your job was to silence the bimbos who were going to out your president. And now you're pretending to be a journalist? Dude, you're a hack. That's your job. You're a TV hack whose job is to set up the jokes for the guy with the gap teeth who's on ABC News, the football guy, and help sell the JJ medicine. That's your job. Stop it. Stop it. You report stuff. This is why Trump is winning. This is why, as you know, I'm not a Trump fan. Not at all. But I swear, I am the most, I, I, I'm the leader of the anti-anti-Trump movement. I'm sick of the Trump hater. You you guys are totally blowing this, and I'll explain why. I'm Michael Graham at News Radio 106.7. Your phone calls at 844-404-1067. Was Jorge out of line? Was Donald Trump mean to throw him out is this a sign that the Trump is dangerous? You tell me. Michael Graham now in the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. What I didn't expect is to be thrown out of a press conference. You Never know, in my life, and I've, I've been a journalist more than 30 years, I've been know, thrown out of a press conference. Wow! Good morning, it's 921. Oh, yeah, Michael Graham. That was Jorge Ramos, who was thrown... He was thrown out of a press conference, and he should have been thrown out of a press conference. Uh, as uh, That's exactly the right thing to do, because despite what the press has gotten in their mind, like uh, ABC's Tom Yamas, it is not their job to lecture the people... <laughs> They're covering. It's their job to cover the people they're covering. Is that not bombastic language, anchor baby? Is that not bombastic no, language? Isn't. Give me another line. Give me another word. Children born of undocumented immigrants in the U.S. That's like a seven. That's not another word. <laughs> you can't use that word. I'm ordering you. I am the press. You must obey me. This is why Donald Trump is winning. Is so many normal people are just sick of it. They're sick of being lectured and hectored by the elites who honestly believe, as Jorge clearly does, that they're special and that uh, they have the right to be jerks, uh, just like President Obama calling people who disagree with him on Iran crazies. Um, They have a separate standard for themselves. They can be rude jerks and call you names and trash you and say that supporting Donald Trump means you have to be a racist and say all kinds of things. Because they just can't, because they are who they are. Donald Trump doesn't play along. Donald Trump says, I don't care who you think you are. You're nobody special. You're just another person. You're just, you are no more or less important than anybody else. And he doesn't back down. He's not intimidated by their credentials or how uh, uh, pompously they view themselves. 
the uh, listen a little bit uh, one more time of Jorge uh, trying to take over the press conference because he has the right to speak. Unlike the other people who are there who ha- who wait to be called on, you know, he has the right to speak anyway. Uh, okay, who's uh, next? Yeah, please. Excuse me. Sit down. You weren't called. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Go ahead. No, you don't. You haven't been called. Go back to Univision. Uh, that's a perfect, perfect line from Donald Trump. Here's Jorge Ramos. Uh, I'm asking you to take a stand. He he wrote a piece called My Advice for Journalists. I'm asking you to take a stand. Don't be neutral, says Jorge. Don't be Not neutrality is difficult or it's impossible to be truly objective. Your feelings are always going to show, which is all legitimate, by the way. No, no, no. Jorge Ramos, quote, I'm quoting him directly. Take a stand. Don't be neutral. Neutrality is for referees in football games. To be a journalist, it's more than a profession. It's a mission. And what's scary, the number of people who tell you how you should think, who tell you how you should see the world, and claim that they're doing journalism because they agree with Jorge that it's their job is to go, their job is to go on a mission. Quick question for you at 844-404-1067. If I set a clock to count down how long it's going to take before somebody goes full Jorge Ramos on Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama. How long would that clock run? How long am I going to have to wait before somebody stands up in the middle of a, a Barack Obama presser and says, Mr. President, what Planned Parenthood is doing is horrifying. It's an outrage. It calls to our moral purpose. They're taking uh, uh, babies whose hearts are still beating and cutting their heads open, which, by the way, they are. Uh, they're selling these body parts. They're torturing the fetuses to get out more body parts. And can you imagine someone doing that in the middle of a press conference? They get dragged out. They, what, and everybody would say, what's wrong with you? And if their answer was, but you don't understand the cause. This is killing little children. This is ripping them apart. The cause is more important than your little rules and decorum, whatever. What would happen to them? They get thrown out and they get called a racist on top of it. Hillary Clinton. Mrs. Clinton, you've exposed America to danger. You've put our secrets out on an open server in a bathroom. Uh, You didn't get called on. It doesn't matter. I have a right to speak. This is national security. What would happen? They would get thrown out. It's not journalism. It is pure 100% partisanship uh, propaganda. That's the world we live in. That's why you and I have to get together for the natural truth. We're going to talk to uh, the brilliant Charles C.W. Cook about this and some news out of France that is amazing about that train thing that you don't know about yet. Also an update on the horrific shooting in Virginia of the working journalists as they were working. It's all happening on News Radio 106.7. On CNN, you said he was the loudest voice of intolerance, division, and hatred right now in America. So how do you respond uh, to some of your critics like Sean Spicer, uh, the, the chief strategist of the RNC, who says you're more advocate than journalist? What I would say is that as journalists, you have to take a stand. I think the best journalism happens when you take a stand. It's 934. That is Democratic political activist George Stephanopoulos, who worked in a Democratic White House and on a Democratic campaign, talking to self-declared activists. Remember what he said 
Do not be neutral journalists. This is a mission, not a profession. So two people who don't do journalism getting together, patting themselves on the back about shouting down Donald Trump at a press conference. Here to discuss it, the delightfully acerbic, if slightly foreign, Charles C.W. Cook with National Review. Also, The Conservatarian Manifesto, a must-read book in the Mad Dog and Englishman's podcast. Charles, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, uh, Before we get to, I'm actually really want to talk to you about the story of the attack in France on the train, what Americans did. But you posted something about the same time I did regarding the Jorge Ramos, Donald Trump imbroglio. What's your take? Well, I think, and I can't believe I'm saying this, given how staunch a critic I've been of his, uh, I think Donald Trump got it right. And I'll tell you why. It is absolutely fine to be an activist journalist. It's fine to be an opinion journalist. It's fine to be an investigative journalist or a mark-raking journalist. If you wish to put a particular viewpoint forward, that's okay. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't give you carte blanche to break the rules at a press conference. And as far as I can see, Ramos wanted it both ways. If he wants to behave like Code Pink, then he will be treated like Code Pink. And if he wants to behave like a journalist, then he'll be treated like a journalist. He stood up at the beginning of the press conference and he started talking. He wouldn't sit down. He wouldn't wait his turn. He wouldn't play by the rules. So he was kicked out. There's nothing wrong with that. I think Donald Trump was well within his rights. And I also think, although I didn't like the go back to Univision line, which was unfortunate. <laughs> I also think that Trump regained, and again, I can't believe I'm saying this, <laughs> some of his moral authority by bringing Ramos in at the end and saying, all right, we will have a debate. Exactly. In other words, I'm not afraid of you. You're just a jerk. Uh, we're talking to Charles C.W. Cook. And by the way, I can't tell you how many times I've been told that exact same sentence myself. I think that the fundamental appeal of Trump, and you and I both share a less than positive view of him as a possible uh, president, really is that these self-declared elites have cowed so many people. They've cowed the average person. They keep telling us over and over again, trust me, what we're doing makes sense, even though we don't explain it to you and we don't, and the consequences turn out horrifyingly. And Trump just stands up and says, who the hell do you think you are? You're not someone special, Jorge Ramos or George Stephanopoulos. You're just another guy like the rest of us. And I think that has tremendous appeal at this moment in history, Charles. Yes, I think that's right. He did have that coming, Jorge Ramos. Absolutely. And again, I am not neutral on the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. I am a a strong defender of the Second Amendment. I I don't look at the issue uh, from the middle. I look at it from uh, the right. But if I went to an Everytown press conference or to a Mums Demand Action press conference and did what Ramos did, I should be kicked out. And it wouldn't be good enough to say, well, I have a press credential in my pocket. If the other journalists were sitting and waiting their turn. Mm -hmm. uh, To me, that's the key here. It's not that Donald Trump is a particularly interesting or exciting or worthwhile person. And it's not even uh, that Ramos takes a view on illegal immigration that I do not. It's that he was trying to have it both ways, and he got called for it. I I agree completely. Let me me jump in because I want to ask you another part. part. Let me jump in because I am Jorge Ramos. And I have the right, damn it, Charles. It's my right. Uh, The... 
the other reporters, to me, are the biggest letdown. Watching people I respect, like Ron Fournier, now I think he's with Bloomberg now, was at AP for a long time. Uh, oh, no, National Journal, that's it. Watching Glenn Greenwald, who, meh, okay. But watching these reporters say, yes, he, Jorge is right. We should be screaming at these people without any decorum. We should be screwing the other reporters. The fact, Charles, that nobody in that crowd did what I think I know I've seen, and I assume you've seen happen before, where someone tries to cut in or or get out of line, and the other reporters boo him, hiss him, and tell him to shut up and wait his turn. None of that happened. Everybody is cowed. Yes, there's an old Spanish proverb, take what you want, but pay for it. Mm. Ah, okay. and, and Ramos took what he wanted, which was to make a scene, and then he had to pay for it. And the cost of behaving like an activist and disrupting proceedings is that you're thrown out. I'm not suggesting it's always wrong to do that. And there are many points in American history in which people did have to stand sure. up and shout. But you can't then say, <laughs> I should not pay for that. I should not have to face the consequences. Uh, I agree. I want to ask you about something else before we, we lose you, because I thought I had was on top of the story of the Americans who stopped the terror attack on the train in France. The terror talk, Charles, as you know, we were told for the first 48 hours, there's no reason to believe this is related to Islamism in any way. The guy's just a homeless guy who found some guns on the ground. Now we find out that he, in fact, watched an Islamist video online immediately before starting his attack. But you pointed out something that no one uh, you, you saw in the reporting, something else that I haven't seen anyone else highlight. Where were the officials for the French uh, train company. Where were the actual train employees, the whatever, you know, the various maintenance and service and ticket takers? What did they do while this terror attack was occurring? They ran away. What do you they mean? They ran the length of the train to a room, a break room, and they locked it with a special key from the inside. And the passengers were banging on the door saying, help, help, and they remained silent and left it to civilians. And these were civilians. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Although two of them were in the military, had military training, they weren't there in an official capacity. They weren't there to protect the train. They used their skills, perhaps, but they were nonetheless civilians. Uh, the, The staff, the only people who bore responsibility for anything on that train, ran away while the citizens took care of it. I want people to picture in their minds that scenario. These are the paid employees of the railroad. You've given them your money to ride on their train, and they are literally cowering behind a locked door while the, 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 the just regular passengers are outside beating. What are you doing in there? Shh. They, they will go away, Francois. Shh. And they're beating. I mean, it, is it a French thing or is it the new normal for the government, which is whenever something goes wrong, everybody's on their own? Uh, good luck and hope that works out for you. I don't know. I have to say I do have a hard time imagining it would have happened in the same way in the United States. We've certainly seen a breakdown in responsibility in the last few years. Mm-hmm. If you think back to the Costa Concordia, which capsized right. uh, and whose captain ran away. Mm-hmm. If you compare that, for example, to the Titanic, hundred years earlier. Uh, the difference is remarkable. But I'm not convinced, I have to say, that an average American train crew would have run away. I think there is still in the American psyche and indeed in American law the sense that often fighting back or taking responsibility will fall to you 
Now, that may be in the form of the Second Amendment. It may be in the form of understanding the police are a supplementary force. They don't have any responsibility to help you. It may be just the sheer size of the country and its history and its culture and its frontier mentality. Uh, but I'm not convinced that if there were an attack in the United States, everyone would run away in the way they did in both Spain and France. I, I agree with you. And I think one of the great points you made in your piece at National Review Online about this, trust our officials or ourselves, is that more and more attacks are likely to head towards these soft targets, these places you can't defend. I, when I lived in Massachusetts, Charles, we had a, they, we, they stopped a proposed attack on the local mall where my wife and kids shopped all the time. And this nut was going to get a rifle and have another friend and they were going to wait for people to run out the door and shoot them, blah, blah, blah. And that you see a future where we are going to um, we, we as citizens will more and more assume it is our duty to defend ourselves, because even if the police wanted to, it's just not possible. Yes, it's not possible. And it's, it's not something that the government can do much about. There's a chance if somebody wants to fly a plane into a building that they will be caught. We right. have the TSA, we have the FBI, we have all these electronic records and surveillance. But the reality is, and we've seen this domestically too, it's not just terrorism, that if somebody wants to pick up a gun and walk into a Wendy's and start opening fire, they can do so. Uh, and you cannot protect trains or malls in quite the same way mm-hmm. without at least locking down the whole country. And, and my point was that in America, accepting that the citizenry will be on the front lines, if indeed that does happen, is going to be psychologically jarring, but it's not going to be a complete abandonment of all of the premises of the country and the way people see the state. Whereas in a country like Britain, which has abandoned all of its self-defense privileges, all of its right to keep and bear arms, you would have to shock the people into the understanding that they have to do something about it. And I think we saw that with the the murder of Lee Rigby, uh, where, uh, yes, a nurse helped the dying soldier and sheltered him, but the police had to go away and get guns from some locked up safe. It took 20, 25 minutes. And it was only because they chose not to kill the innocent civilians that uh, the killers uh, didn't do more damage. There's a different attitude in Britain. I, I, I agree completely. It's a great piece, both your pieces on this and on Hoy Ramos. Terrific. Charles C.W. Cook, the book is The Conservatarian Manifesto, and I look forward to your next Mad Dogs and Englishmen podcast. Fantastic. Nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning. It's 951. I am Michael Graham. Thanks for being part of the conversation. We're getting an update on the story of the television reporter and cameraman who were gunned down live on television this morning. Uh, Cheryl White has the uh, story for us and an update. Cheryl? Well, the update is that uh, the two were killed uh, during a live report, as, you, as you've been talking. They were, um, Allison is the uh, female reporter, Allison Parker, both of them, by the way, in their 20s. Mm-hmm. She's 24, cameraman 27. Uh, she was doing an interview. Shots rang out. You can hear it because it was live. Right. Uh, we actually have the audio of the uh, incident as it occurred. People that come here to say that was... And we've got oh, updates on so the disturbing. video and the story at newsradio1067.com. It's on my Facebook page, et cetera. 
Uh, and so they were just covering a regular news sto- story. They're out they were like at a at water some, park yeah. because this is, I think it's called Smith Mountain Lake. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, you know, it's a mall around a lake. So they sell, you know, the fishing supplies, boating supplies. They have retail stores mm-hmm. there. So it's a, it's a big So it deal. wasn't the scene of any controversy. None. There's no background on this. None. And he, and by were... the way, um, was leaving the station. Mm. He um, Have you told this story no, yet? No, I haven't. Well, his girlfriend... Uh, was the morning show producer, apparently. This was her last day. So Mm. they kind of had a little party for her in the morning. And his plan was that he was going to leave the station and follow her to her new job. Right. So it it just couldn't be any sadder. And so the multiple shots we heard. We did. There are photos of the suspects that were captured in the course of the shooting. They did a screen grab Mm -hmm. from uh, the video. The cameraman dropped his camera. Right. And they were able to pull a, a still image. So we have that image on our Facebook page, at and news- you can take a look at it. And uh, we, But we don't know anything of a name or anything about who the guy no, is. No, but I'll tell you this. They have all the schools on lockdown. Mm-hmm. The ATF is now involved right. in the search. Uh, so it's an ongoing situation. In Mineta, Virginia, kind of southern Virginia, but not in the corner over by uh, Williamsburg and stuff. That was kind of central southern Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and it's a small station, small staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so, and uh, I actually, a friend of mine worked for a small UHF TV station back in the day, and I schlepped around camera equipment mm-hmm. for him on weekends because there was no one else to do it. So it's a small crew, and they're out there, and, let and me they tell get you, gunned down. I've done a million of these kind of live shots mm-hmm. when you're out on location. Sure. And it's just you, and if you're lucky, you have a camera person with you. Mm-hmm. And you're so involved in what you're doing. People say, how could you not have seen this guy? Or, right. But let me, you are but so But you need to do see him. Focused. So there's a guy walking around. You're at a public place. You're at a water right. park. Right. So you don't really know what's mm-hmm. going on around you because you're involved in what you're doing. And even if you see, as you say, on the periphery, some right. guy walking around, you have mm-hmm. no indication that they might or might not be dangerous. There's a statement from Jeffrey Marks, who's the general manager of the station. He made a statement just a few moments ago. WDBJ7 Vice President Je- Jeff Marks is here. It is my very, very sad duty to report that um, we have determined uh, through the help of the police and uh, our employees, that uh, Allison and Adam died this morning, shortly after 6:45, when the shots rang out, and it, our hearts are broken, and our sympathies go to the entire staff here, but also uh, the parents and family of Adam Ward and Allison Parker, who were just out doing their job today, covering a story. And to to build on that, Cheryl, no. No one has said anything about an ex-boyfriend or a controversy with the station or anything. Haven't heard anything like that So we know literally nothing about this suspect except for the screen grab, what he was wearing at the time. It's hard to even tell. You can barely, it it's, seems to be a guy. Yeah, it's very but fuzzy. It looks yeah. like black pants. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to you say. You can't tell his race. You can't tell no. very much about his size. Very little to see there in that photo thus far, and we haven't heard anything else. Nope, we have not yet. Mm-hmm. So we're still waiting to learn more. And again, the, the search is on the way for the suspect. They've locked down right. the schools. They've shut down a major roadway. Mm-hmm. Um, and in New York City, they've increased security at TV stations. And I, you know, in this era that we live in, uh, w- one part of you wonders, is this just overreaction? You know, people just say, oh, it happened one place, it happened another, copycats might occur. The other one is NYPD has its own intelligence uh, wing that mm-hmm. is very respected. Is it are they doing this because th- they think this might be part of a bigger plot because they, they have heard chatter 
and that this is something they were semi-expecting. We don't, once again, we don't know any of that. We don't. We're just, uh, but for it to happen during a live broadcast, mm-hmm. wow, that's, I mean, it's chilling. It is. And you, uh, you know, because the live broadcast can occur anywhere, it didn't happen to the studio, as you pointed out, it happened on location at this kind of outdoor shopping park lake area. What, was a guy driving on the road and he saw some people on TV, whipped out with his gun and shot him? What did he know one of these people and he knew where they were going to be? Because you'd have to know. And it's not a, it's rarely announced. I mean, you, you kind of got to be a groupie in order to do that. Yes, Matt Door in the Havlin Special uh, Traffic Center. I just got a call on the traffic uh, hotline. A lady called her folks live up there and said the guy was upset. Something at the Chamber of Commerce, which is right across the street from this uh, boat plaza or the riverfront plaza. We can't confirm that, but that she said she heard that from her relatives that live there. And so we've got uh, Cheryl and everybody in the newsroom on top of the story. And we're we going to bring you updates as they happen. Uh, Cheryl White, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. 844-404-1067 is the phone number. We've got a lot more to talk about. I'm Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 10.05 at News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your only licensed and authorized distributor of The Natural Truth. What is The Natural Truth? It's the way the world really works, whether we like it or not. And some fascinating uh, and disturbing events all here in the last few hours. If you're just tuning in, you just heard from the newsroom about the shooting of these two uh, TV journalists live while they were doing the morning show at their local TV uh, shot, uh, WDBJ. Uh, they were in Moneta, Virginia. I, I saw Moneta because in South Carolina, it's Rich Spring Moneta. That's who we played basketball against in Pelion. Um, and it's, first of all, I, I'll, I'll do my standard statement that I, I, I would urge more people to keep front of mind. This is not a tragedy. A tragedy would be, have been if a car had lost control and plowed into the people while they were shooting it that would be a tragedy an accident it would be just a terrible thing that happened this is a horrific act of violence this is a crime this is a terrible crime murdering two people end of st- and and by the way you can stop the sentence right there it's a horrible crime murdering two people but you and i know that the reason we're talking about this the reason why every news station in the country is talking about this right now is because it happened on television and you just can't change that fact uh yeah i'm I'm already hearing from people by email michael at michaelgram.com on twitter i am m graham michael how is this different from what happened in atlanta last night people were shot all across atlanta new multiple shootings across atlanta Uh, it's almost every weekend two people are shot and killed in atlanta how is this different well it's different because it happens on television and you can't deny that which raises a dilemma. My uh, buddy at uh, the Washington Examiner, Sonny Bunch, who's their media and movie uh, crit- critic, he's horrified that CNN keeps showing the video that the news crew was shooting when they were shot. The news crew was, you know, they were doing their interview live at this kind of uh, retail outlet, if you will. And uh, the, and the, this, whoever the suspect shows up and shoots them both dead. And he's horrified that they're showing that video. I got to be honest with you. And, and maybe this is why some of you hate me. And I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. 
I'm not upset that they showed the video. I want to see the video. The, it is human nature. The premise of the news business is that people are interested in what's going on. Look, if you weren't interested in what's going on, you'd be listening to, you know, country music or rap and, or something else. You're interested in what's going on. You want to, you want to, hey, what happened? What happened? And despite Jorge Ramos saying that you're in the uh, lecturing people and uh, 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 you know spreading propaganda business, no, Jorge, this is why we, those of us who like journalism, like it. It tells us what's going on. I'm not bothered at all that CNN has shown the video, and I, and I assume other outlets have as well. But I'm not bothered at all that CNN showed the video. I, there's a point where you show it to the point where it's gratuitous, and also... The video doesn't show the two people dying. It, you hear the audio, you hear the screams, but you don't see the graphic image. And so that's the, uh, that's the, the line for me. So I just like to know, uh, I, and just to be forewarned, I have the video up on my Facebook page. Um, I've tweeted out the video because I assume you want to see it. So you tell me, 844-404-1067, is it gruesome? Is there something wrong about a news channel showing this video? Or isn't that exactly what you want the news to do? And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your answer. That some other issues raised by the story and also by what you just heard from Charles C.W. Cook about what really happened on that French train where the terror attack occurred. But first, uh, let's go to Cheryl White in the newsroom for an update. Um, Michael, we were just watching an interview with um, the station manager on CNN. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked a few minutes ago about the fact that Adam, the uh, photographer, was engaged and his girlfriend, his fiance, was the morning show producer on the show. It was her last day. She was leaving. She had another job. She was on the job this morning. Mm-hmm. She watched him being shot. She had to watch as her fiance was murdered. In front of her, powerless. She was working. Uh, miles away in the studio. And we've also discovered that um, Allison, the uh, reporter, was engaged to someone at the station. Mm. And uh, <laughs> to hear the station manager describe it, they believe that Adam was shot first and that Allison was then shot as she was trying to run away. Mm. And uh, her fiance has uh, posted a tweet this morning, a picture of the two of them saying that, you know, we hadn't said anything publicly but we were very much in love so you know it's just as you learn more information about it michael it just becomes sadder and sadder and the woman being interviewed was a spokeswoman for the chamber of commerce and she's Mm -hmm. in surgery right now so she was injured she was okay according to the station manager got it Uh, and according to a fox affiliate in north carolina the suspect in the virginia shooting is currently involved in a police chase chase on interstate 81 ah he so. did say that they believed they knew who it was. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, it, it's it's horrific at every level. Well, we'll look it forward is. to updates as you get more information. And if there's a police chase going on, and we can get the information about that, we will bring it to you as well here on News Radio 1067. Thank you, Cheryl. Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. No, I'm not upset that the video is being shown because this is what you're in the news business for. I want what is human nature? I want to see it. It's the reason why I pulled my hair out over the uh, Muhammad cartoon story where the Muhammad cartoon. And this this has happened numerous times because, you know, every few months you have another incident where some whack job Islamists are cutting people's heads off over a cartoon. The New York Times and the Boston Globe and CNN and others were leading with the story that 
you know, Muslims were setting people on fire and killing people over cartoons. They were breaking the buildings over cartoons. And they wouldn't show you the cartoon. What is the first question you have? You're upset by a cartoon? What was it? What did it look like? I want to see for myself what upset you so I can judge, you know, the, the story and who does and doesn't make sense here. So I, I, I'm not bothered by that. If you're bothered, 844-404-1067. And yes, I understand your point that uh, in Atlanta we have shootings literally every day. We have murders almost every day. And, you know, the, the, this one's getting national attention because it was on television. But that's how it works. That's just the world we live in. You know who really understands the world and how it works is Donald Trump. He is playing the media like a Stradivarius. He continues to do so. I've got an update on that part of the story. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. WDJ7 Vice President Jeff Marks is here. It is my very, very sad duty to report that um, we have determined uh, through the help of the police and uh, our employees that uh, Allison and Adam died this morning shortly after 6.45 when the shots rang out. And our hearts are broken and our sympathies go to the entire staff here, but also uh, the parents and family of Adam Ward and Allison Parker, who were just out doing their job today, covering a story. It's 1018. I'm Michael Graham. We are updating the story of the two TV journalists uh, murdered in Manita, Virginia. And according to news sources in Virginia, the police are uh, pursuing the suspect in this case. And also the governor of Virginia just said that the killer was a disgruntled former employee. That's uh, Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe. He's our source on that. Um, and you know, not a lot of surprise there. The vast majority of people are killed by people that they know random shootings, random killings. It's a, that's, that's relatively rare. Most people are killed by people they know. Uh, and, uh, if a woman dies violently, there's a nine in 10 chance that the killer was her husband, boyfriend, or ex. And that's just the natural truth. It's just the world that we live in. It's interesting that this, not tragedy, because a tragedy is, you know, an accident or just one of those things. This horrific act of deadly violence uh, occurred uh, at the same time that we were discussing with Charles C.W. Cook from National Review this morning. His piece on the horrific violence that uh, in France on the train when the whack job Islamist terrorist. And yes, we now have reports that uh, as, as shocking as it is that a guy named Ayub would turn out to be a terrorist. I know that's completely shocking that a guy uh, from northern Africa who had traveled to Turkey and it's believed also Syria would be involved in Islamist violence. As shocking as that is from the religion of peace. Um, we now know he watched a video uh, from one of the Islamist sites, you know, a jihad video right before the shooting. The Charles C. W. Cook made the point that soft targets are more and more going to be the place where violence occurs. Soft targets means a place where you would not normally find any security. A hard target, obviously, like a military base, a relatively hard target like an airport, 
uh, a semi-hard target like a school, you know, because you have metal detectors and security officers, whatever, as opposed to, say, a mall or a train. Soft targets. You can just go in. They don't have any military value, but they have terror value. And uh, he wrote at National Review um, that uh, analysis had shown that you're going to see terrorists switching to softer, less risky targets. Uh, surely an assailant who wants to afflict serious pain on the West is only going to hold a couple of guns and go where the metal detectors and sniffer dogs are not, to malls, to trains. Well, in the past few months, the that trend has happened in Paris, Nairobi, Mumbai, Chattanooga, Dallas, and now in northern France. Terror groups have elected to attack where our defenses are not. And uh, the question is going to be, how do we respond? This shooting at this shopping facility, the outdoor, you know, place, told, you know, just people standing around with a TV camera doing their job. And then this guy who, the, according to the governor, is a you know, disgruntled former employee, decides he wants to commit murder. He knows that no one is going to be there who's, you know, no cops, no guards. And so you start, well, oh, my gosh, we've had a violent act on a train. Is it time for every train to be treated like a plane? That is impossible. It is impossible to have the train system work, but have total airport like security where no one gets on the train until they've gone through a metal detector. You know, the luggage luggage is screened every time it stops. There's only one entrance on and off, just like an airplane. That's impossible. Trains won't work that way. Should we start having security guards every time someone goes out with a TV crew? You know, it's relatively high profile. The video is going to be on TV. And the answer is we can't do that. The solution uh, Charles argued, and also others, including Ronald Noble, a former secretary general for Interpol, is we have to say we want an armed citizenry and we are going to rely on self-help. Now, I lived in Massachusetts where our local attorney general at the time said we discourage self-help. They actually, and, and you, have you heard this message before from cops? If you see trouble, Run away. If you see trouble, go in your house, lock the door, and call 911. Well, can you imagine how different that French train story would have been if everybody on the train had done what the train employees did? If you missed that part of our interview earlier, here is what the employees of the train did. Quote, the crew abandoned all decorum, hurried towards their own car at the other end of the train, opened it with a special key, locked themselves inside. There they kept silence, even as terrified passengers banged on the doors, begging for help. That's what the crew of the train did. That's what the police say we should all do. What would have happened on that train if we had listened to the advice of the government, of the police, and of the train employees? What would have happened? What were the train employees supposed to do? Well, Michael, what could they do? The guy had a gun. They could have done what the citizens did. The citizens did what needed to be done. They confronted the gun guy. They risked their own lives. Two of them were hurt doing it, and they saved, who knows, a dozen lives, 50 lives. If everybody had done what the crew did, they would have saved, there would be 100 dead people. 
You see, at this uh, lake, you know, the the uh, horrific violence that occurred there. What if somebody there had been prepared as a citizen for the violence? And I, look, I'm not, I don't want to get too crazed out there into, you know, we ought to be walking into every place we go. Every time we go to the Starbucks, you need to slap an old, you know, hog leg on your hip and walk in there. But if it's going to be the case that we're going to live in a country where the people who work at the malls, and by the way, mall security will tell you right up front, we are not here to save your life. If a guy shows up in a mall with a weapon, we call the police and run and hide. You get on the train. We're not here to protect you. Oh, no. We call the police and we lock ourselves in a safe room. Did you, How many of you know that police officers have no duty to protect you whatsoever? That if a police officer sees a little girl and an armed rapist is running over to grab her and throw her in a van, the police officer has no duty whatsoever. The Supreme Court has already ruled. No duty to protect you. Be, uh, because the police have been deemed to lack any legal duty to protect, the United States has never quite abandoned its pre-19th century approach to self-protection. For better or worse, Americans still believe that the average person has a role to play in keeping the peace. Do you agree? 844-404-1067. Do you uh, think that the crew of the train who left everyone to die while they hid, should they keep their job? Or did they do the right thing? When you walk into a shopping mall, should the guy there with, you know, from Paul Bart Mall Cop cop School, does he have any duty at all to risk his or her life in any way for you? If the government's going to say defense is up to us, if the police are going to say, look, it's not it's my job to go home safe every night. It's not my job to make sure you go home safe every night. What should our response be when we live in a world where you can be standing in a mall shooting a video and a disgruntled co- former co-worker can show up and kill you, what should our response be? You tell me. I want to hear from you. I'm Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 1034. Uh, yeah, Michael Graham, Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe, says that he believes that the suspect in the shooting in Moneta, Virginia, will be in custody at any time, in fact, it could have happened right now. They've been pursuing him on the interstates in Virginia. They know who he is, they believe. They believe it's a disgruntled ex-employee. And you have two journalists killed live on television uh, because there is no way in a free society you can stop a crime like this. If a guy decides he's going to come kill you, you know, we, we don't live in the former Soviet Union or the or, or East Germany. We don't live in China or Saudi Arabia where your movements are controlled. I know some people want us to, but we don't. Uh, and so the question is, how then do we do security? Do we simply not have security? That's one option and just say stuff's going to happen. Do you follow the orders of the government and the police? Do you follow the example of the French crew of this train where the Islamist was prepared to gun down. He had 300 rounds of ammo on him. What did they do? They ran to a safe room and locked themselves in at the other end of the train to, to try to protect themselves as the passengers were gunned down. Uh, is that, so is that the, the plan, is just uh, let yourself get killed 
Or is the plan that Americans should defend themselves in a country where the police acknowledge they have no duty to protect you or your life? It's not part of their job. And that their number one job, in the opinion of many police, is to, quote, go home safe to my family at night, close quote. If when you have Americans who would uh, when you have uh, 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 government officials, excuse me, who say we're going to go hide in the safe room while you get killed. What how should we respond? Is it up to us to defend ourselves? Eight, four, 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 zero, four, one, oh, six, seven. Scott, thank you for the call. Go right ahead. I believe that the the crew on the train did the correct thing. They're not trained to fight terrorists. Mm-hmm. They don't know exactly right. how many at that point are involved. Mm-hmm. There may be multiple. Right. And right. I, I do believe you try to lessen the number of potential casualties mm-hmm. that you can. So those that can run, those that mm-hmm. can't hide. And if you can't hide, then you fight. That's your mm-hmm. option. So uh, the guys who stopped him did the wrong thing. They should have rid- run away and hidden too. No, their option was to fight. But they that you just said option. though that they should they should have run away. Like the crew did. The crew the, the crew didn't fight. That was the right thing to do. They didn't fight. So they screwed up by fighting. Right? That's no, that is not what I'm saying. Okay, I don't understand. Try it again. Their they I don't know whether they did or didn't have the option to run. Of course they could have run. They could have jumped in the aisle and run away and hope that he gets shot in the back the same way that the crew did. They could have run to the other end of the train. Everyone that's can run. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. They're in an enclosed space. Right. When I say run, if they can get out of that enclosed space, let me ask you this. If the, crew, out of the enclosed space, if the crew they, had, if the crew had had room for three more guys, should they have run down in the crew room and locked themselves in with the crew? I wasn't in that particular situation. Well, I'm asking so I'm you. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just no. I'm just saying. If you say that the right thing to do is run if you can, then they should have abandoned the rest of the of the people on the train to the murderer, and they should have run down and hidden if they could. That would have been the right thing to do, and let everyone else get killed behind you. Okay, Scott, thank you for that outstanding example of American courage and manliness. We appreciate that at 844-404-1067. Cheryl White has an update on the Virginia shooting story. Cheryl. I do. Augusta County Sheriff's Office says the shooting suspect is Lester Lee Flanagan. And they describe him as 6'3", weighing about 250. They say he's driving a gray 2009 Ford Mustang. Uh, Does have Virginia plates, so a Virginia resident. Uh, And again, of course, you heard that um, they're saying that the governor of the state was saying that it's a former disgruntled employee. So that makes sense. But again, they do have a name now. The suspect is Lester Lee Flanagan. Is there any information on the uh, police per- pursuing him, which is what the Virginia governor has also said? Yeah, well, they've been on I-81 and then we got a report that they were on 65. So mm. uh, we also heard from police that they expect that an arrest is imminent. So they are closing in on the suspect right now. Okay. Uh, updates from the newsroom as they happen. Thank you so much for uh, for that, Cheryl. And we'll be getting updates on this story as it occurs. If you haven't, if, if, you're, if you're just tuning in, a uh, reporter and cameraman filming a news story live on television, shooting a news story, I should say, live on television this morning in Manita, Virginia, kind of South Central Virginia, gunned down during the newscast. The uh, fiance of the cameraman was back in the studio and watched her fiance murdered, helpless, unable to do anything about it. The uh, police are now pursuing who they believe to be the suspect. And that video 
is up at the uh, Michael Graham Facebook page, Michael Graham Show. If you want to see it for yourself, other people say they shouldn't be showing the video on CNN. It's terrible. It's awful. It is terrible. It's, it is awful, but it is news. You just heard Scott call in and say that the guys who stopped the killer did the wrong thing if they had the chance to run away because the crew did the right thing. The crew did the right thing by running away from the guy with the gun. Because what else were they going to do? Stay and fight? Maybe get hurt? Oh, no. Run run away and, and take your best shot. Is that the right thing to do? Is that the world that we now live in? The shelter-in-place America where government says we have no responsibility to protect you or stop the bad guys. We're not going to profile to stop the bad guys. We're not going to monitor mosques to stop the bad guys. We're not even going to run towards the bad guys. It's all on you, citizen. Good luck with that. 844-404-1067. Clint, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Good morning, Mr. Graham. How are you? Great. Right ahead. All right. So here's my thing. I totally disagree with your last caller. I do have to say this. I'm sure that these were the police of the train. Is that what you called them earlier? In well, your, they were the crew, report? so we don't know. You know, like they were various crew. You know, were, were okay. they the guards, the ticket takers, whatever? But they're the crew. Okay, well, let's just go ahead and say that these guys, you know, were just basic people who worked on the train. Right. At some point in their training and their hiring, there had to have been some kind of, you know, document, some kind of video, whatever, that would have shown, you know, these are ways to handle situations that look like they're getting a little out of control. A disgruntled rider on the train, um, an argument that may have ensued between passengers, anything that should have taken place, they would have had some kind of a little idea of how to handle something that looked a little suspicious. If they didn't, then already they were improperly trained to even be there in the first place. But remember, the guy, the people who brought this guy down, two of them had no training whatsoever. One was a National Guardsman. One was an airport, uh, Air Force guy. The other two were just regular people. They didn't need any training to do the right thing. And I fully agree with that. And I'm saying that if two un, unaware people that had mm-hmm. not been trained to do this and then people that were on the train, and like you said, they don't have a responsibility to necessarily protect your well-being. However, if two normal citizens can take these people down or at least mm-hmm. try, you know, with the, with the help of other people who were trained militarily, there should have been some kind of action. And I guess it goes back to call me old fashioned with the golden rule. You know, I would expect somebody, if I was in a situation without anybody there, mm-hmm. to step up and be able to call out a situation and say, hey, look, you know, this is something that doesn't need to take place and take action. I believe we're all called to step up as humans to protect other human beings in a situation where they don't have the ability to protect themselves. I do agree with the fact that if somebody can't do anything, obviously get out of the way and let somebody who can handle it step up. But uh, Clint, thanks for the call at 844-404-1067. So... Uh, the train pull. Let's say that the uh, crew <clears throat> did its job, <clears throat> and that the other people on the train followed the lead of the crew. Run away! Try to get out of the car. Try to get away from this guy. And they just let the guy go through the train. Bam, 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 bam. When they arrived at the next station, and there were fifty dead people, and then the crew is it safe? Is it safe? They unlock the door with the special key and they step out and they step out on the platform. What do you have to say about the crew? What do you have to say about their behavior then? As you as they step over the bodies of dead children and dead women and dead old guys and then the crew, the healthy crew steps out. Woo! We did the right thing. We lived. Feeling good about yourself, Scott? You feeling feel like you did the right thing? Is that right? 
844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 1048. Oh, yeah, Michael Graham, we are continuing to update the story of the uh, TV uh, newswoman and her cameraman, both killed by a guy believed to be their, a disgruntled co-worker currently being pursued by the police, we're told, and the uh, we're expecting to find at any moment that the suspect has been apprehended. We're watching that story. And also talking about the story, what we've learned, what I've learned that I didn't realize from the French train attack story that two of the four people involved in stopping the t- would-be terrorist uh, just totally regular guys, no military uh, experience. The other two guys, they weren't there as part of the military. They were there on vacation. So they're just hanging out. You know, they're not thinking military. They're, they don't have any military weapons or anything. So they're just uh, guys on a train. They got up, fought, could have been killed. One of them was injured terribly. Uh, what did the crew do? The crew ran, literally ran and hid in a uh, like a safe room on the train waiting until something happened and waiting for the guy to finish killing whoever he was going to kill so they could come out safely. Did the crew do the right thing? 844-404-1067. And if the crew did the right thing by running and hiding, did the civilians do the wrong thing? Shouldn't they have tried to run and hide too, as they are told in this new world we live in? By the way, anything we talk about today, you can comment on the confession hotline, 404 404- 436 The Confession Hotline, you can comment on the show, any topics, anything from the shooting to Jorge Ramos uh, 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 showing the true face of modern American journalism. Okay, who's uh, next? Yeah, please. Excuse me, sit down. You weren't called. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Go ahead. No, you don't. You haven't been called. Go back to Univision. Yeah, so that was a a guy who admits, I'm not a journalist. I'm an activist. He says, my job is to be on a mission. It is not to be neutral. Neutrality is for referees. And he stood up and shouted down the other reporters, would not let Trump take a question from another reporter because he demanded to be uh, addressed. So you can comment all this on the confession hotline, 404-436-2007. And the best call of the day will win tickets to see Better Than Ezra, Sugar Ray, Uncle Cracker, and Eve Six at Chastain tonight. The concert is tonight, so you can swing by the station, pick up the tickets, and go out and take your special someone tonight to, uh, to the concert. Uh, that's the confession hotline, 404-436-2007. Gary, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thank you for the call. Of course. The 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 her, the heroes from the train mm-hmm. should be praised. They've done what anybody should do. They, they minimalized injury. Of course, they were injured themselves. Mm-hmm. One was. But they minimalized injury to their common man. They did not put themselves above anybody else, unlike these spineless wonders that actually work for the train service. But you just heard the caller earlier say, if you have the ability to run, you should run. uh, You know what? That's his belief, and I'm not going to sit here and argue with him to tell him his belief is wrong. But Mm. my belief is that those that walk in this world with courage, that have respect and dignity for their fellow man, 
will act on behalf of themselves and their fellow man and do what is right. Look at, look at the flight that went down during September 11th. What do we know definitively from that flight that went down that mm-hmm. didn't reach a building? There were people on that flight that were doing something. Whether that's the reason or not that it went down, I don't know. Right. Only the people that were on that flight truly do. But as far as we know, the last words that were heard from one of the people on that plane were, let's roll. Mm-hmm. Let's do something about it. Get it done. We cannot let people like this take over our lives and make us run and cower and be spineless wimps that will not respond in the eyes of adversity. Gary, thanks for the great call at 844-404-1067. But, you know, you hear it all the time from uh, from the authorities. Don't do anything. Just cower. Don't do anything. Shelter in place. Don't do anything. Well, you know, if you don't do anything, that means... That uh, even if you survive, the killer is going to be able to walk past you and kill somebody else. You know that, right? So you, all you have to do is be comfortable when the train arrives. If you can be like our previous caller, Scott, and feel good when the train pulls into the station as you step over the dead bodies. Hey, look at me. I hid. Woohoo! I did nothing. And, well, what about all those other people who were killed? What? Ain't me. And there are a frightening number of Americans who feel that way and a really frightening number of people in law enforcement who feel that way. That's particularly scary to me. Cops who say, Hey, hey the, it's not my job. 844-404-1067. Here's uh, Virginia governor, Terry McAuliffe talking about the shooter in this case, what we do and do not know. This is, you know, not some terrorism act and this is uh, an issue uh, a disgruntled employee, so unfortunately probably, you know, knew both of the victims. Uh, several people in my Twitter feed are upset that this guy, uh, is Lester Lee Flanagan, uh, has been declared not a terrorist. And how quickly it is that white men are declared not terrorists. Isn't that a shame? Amazing how white shooters are never called terrorists and automatically get the he had mental issues defense, says a political nerd, one of the liberals in my uh, Twitter feed. Well, uh, according to the report I was handed, uh, Lester Lee Flanagan is a light skinned black male, 6'3", 250 pounds. Uh, I, you know, I'm just passing on what I've been reported, what's reported me. Obviously, I don't know. Secondly, uh, a disgruntled coworker. Yeah, we, you don't need any more information than that unless... There's something on top of it. You see, the great thing about the terrorists, it's easy to tell that they're terrorists. The whole shouting Allahu Akbar thing kind of gives it away. The guy in France who was watching Islamist videos and had been ID'd because of his support for Islamist causes in the past by other governments and his travel to Turkey. You know, these, these are easy to figure out. Remember Oklahoma? We had the, quote, workplace violence where the guy tried to cut off his co-worker head, co-worker's head, the guy, the Muslim guy who said Allahu Akbar. Once again, not that hard to figure out uh, if there, when there's terrorism involved. It really, really isn't. So there's no prejudice here. This isn't anti-Muslim prejudice. It's just telling the natural truth. We've got uh, uh, other stuff going on, some other topics I wanted to raise with you before this uh, horrific story of this morning. More on Donald Trump and Jorge Ramos and the press. Also, uh, 
Burger King and McDonald's want to make some people's fantasies come true with the McWhopper. I know a lot of people who mix fast food stuff. Like they do one half of their meal at one place and another half at the other to get the perfect uh, uh, fast food meal. Joe Biden's son's email account is on Ashley Madison. He says, wasn't me. It was somebody else. Oh, good luck with that. And uh, also, restaurants say it's time to get rid of tipping. No more tips. We're just going to pay our waitstaff a wage, and that's that. You'll never believe who doesn't like that idea. All that and more coming up. I am Michael Graham. Excuse me, sit down. You weren't called. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. That's an offensive term. People find that hurtful. As journalists, you have to take a stand. We want our parks to be healthy and appear healthy. So I just want that lesson to be learned going forward um, in times of terror like that, to please do something. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Come to South Carolina Uh and I'll beat his brains out. News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi. With the words of Anthony Sadler, one of the heroes of the would be terrorist attack on the French train. Hiding or sitting back is not going to accomplish anything. So I just want that lesson to be learned going forward um, in times of terror like that to please do something. Uh, That lesson not learned by the crew of the French train who ran from the gunmen and locked themselves in a safe room, hoping that all the killing would be done before they came out. Just one of the many stories that we are covering here. How bad or not how bad, but how how weird is the journalistic world right now? We are now learning that the name of the shooter in the terrible Virginia case is totally wrong. The name we've been giving is totally wrong. They've been wrong all morning. His name is actually Vester L. Flanagan. Every, everything we've gotten up to there is wrong. And that's because journalism is a tough job. You're trying to follow breaking stories, trying to get the information as you can. The wrong way to get it, in my opinion, is to scream at people until they answer your questions. Someone who's much better at his job than that, the lovely and talented Byron York with the Washington Examiner. Byron, welcome. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. Look, I know you're busy and we're grabbing you on the fly, but before we get to Hillary stuff and politics, your reaction to the Jorge Ramos strategy of journalism in which he says, quote, I am not neutral. I am an advocate. And he shouted down Donald Trump, demanding that Trump answer his questions, even though Trump was trying to take questions from other journalists at the time. Well, in my view, the problem is not with uh, Jorge Ramos's point of view. He's got a strong one. Other journalists have strong ones, too. It was just behavior. I mean, he, he acted like a protester at the, uh, at the Trump news conference. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Trump had him taken out. Now, there are questions, I think, about whether maybe that was the right thing to do or not. Mm-hmm. Other candidates, Scott Walker, Chris Christie, come to mind, have faced very tough hecklers in the past, dealt mm-hmm. with them without actually removing uh, the hecklers sometimes. But, you know, Trump did have Ramos back in, gave him more time than anybody else, right. almost five minutes, and then 
another exchange before it was all over. So I think the problem is not that Jorge Ramos has these very strong feelings, which he expresses. It was just his behavior in the news conference. And it's interesting to me, we're talking to Byron York with the Washington Examiner. You see him regularly on national television. Is the number of journalists who I respect, like uh, Ron, um, a national journal, my space brain spacing. Fournier. Uh, yeah, Ron Fournier. Thank you, Ron Fournier and others who are defending, once again, not Ramos's viewpoint journalism or, or uh, action, action, you know, his, his advocacy. But they're defending his behavior, saying, yes, you should scream at people in press conferences. Byron, I've seen a lot of press conferences. When I, when I used to flack for a living, I was on the other side of the wall of those press conferences. I never saw someone, a reporter with the expectation, you have to take my question versus other reporters, and it is legit for me to yell at you until you do. Yeah, and in these kind of news conferences, presidential press conference uh, situation, not the president, but candidates, uh, you know, usually the press is pretty well behaved, uh, especially if the candidate stays there for longer and everybody gets to ask, right. ask the question. People wait their turn, and uh, sometimes they'll all speak up at once, and then one question emerges, and then it's repeated after the after the answer. So the behavior is actually pretty good. And here again, I, I do believe that um, Ramos was just acting more like a protester in the sense that he was not recognized. He stood up. And he began the talking and saying that as an immigrant and as a reporter, he had a right to ask the questions. And uh, the, the issue is, I mean, Trump's position, I think, was that I was, I was not going to not answer your question. I was going to uh, answer your question when I called on you. So uh, it was just a matter, I think, of, of behavior and almost I, etiquette. Now, here's the, the, the flip side of this, Byron York, and you cover politics and you uh, <laughs> know how this stuff works. There are people saying that this is Donald Trump's I paid for that Mike Ronald Reagan moment. In other words, he did himself a huge favor. I'll say this. He is the best candidate at manipulating the press I've ever seen in my life. He's making the press dance for him while he plays his Stradivari- his very classy Stradivarius. Well, along with uh, Ramos, they certainly made for one darn watchable uh, press conference <laughs> yesterday. I, you know, my sense is that they it was kind of a win-win situation. Right. Uh, the, the situation certainly does not hurt uh, Jorge Ramos with his very large Univision audience. No, no problem for him there, mm-hmm. and it certainly doesn't hurt Donald Trump with his very large uh, audience in the electorate right now. So I, I have to tell you. Um, I think both of them came out probably ahead with the people they wanted uh, to watch. What about the idea that by throwing Ramos out, that once again, this is Trump, the showman, he gets what's going on, that he knows that throwing him out is going to make a moment. Then he has him back in because, you know, Trump will answer anyone's questions. And that my point is he's playing the game of the media, of broadcasting out your message at a level that the other candidates, they, they look like little kids on their Hot Wheels, and he flies by in his NASCAR. <laughs> I think there's no doubt about that. He actually handled them masterfully. Maybe, for all I know, Trump thought maybe he overdid it by ejecting Ramos, then has him back and gives him a whole lot of time. And then at the very end, he wants Ramos to concede that he, Trump, has done well in a poll, uh, poll in Nevada. Right. Ramos says yes. And then Trump says, see, you're an honest guy. You and I are going to talk a whole lot. So it was it was quite a performance by Trump. That's all you can say. So the question, Byron, that Republicans have to ask themselves is, can Donald Trump do this dance of media manipulation and of 
satisfying the most basic carnal urges of part of the Republican electorate all the way to the nomination. Can will this will this show does it have enough legs, as they say on Broadway, to last till till uh, August of 2016? Well, you know, it's really interesting Uh, I was just down in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, there was a, an event down there with uh, Carson, Cruz, and Walker. Mm-hmm. And talking to voters, uh, a lot of whom were open to Trump. They don't support Trump yet, um, but they're open to him. It's his attribute of being strong and not afraid to say things that's really big with them. I mean, I, I, probably a lot of them agree with immigration, maybe some on trade or mm-hmm. some other issues. But it's really personal attributes that are the big thing. They see Trump as strong. They see him as big, the other candidates as small. And they see him unafraid to say things that other people are afraid that if they say them, they'll be taken down to the human resources office. So um, in that sense, I think Trump could last a while because those qualities are what draw other people to him. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's uh, the he's showing the other Republicans the lesson of, you know, don't be so worried about the small stuff, about the kind of inside Washington. Did you say anchor baby or did you say anchor child? He's telling them, look, lead fight. So is there no one else on the field who will fight in the Trump model, but with a more sound understanding of the actual issues, et cetera? Well, Ted Cruz is kind of lining himself up to be in that model and perhaps to win the support of uh, some current Trump supporters should Trump begin to fade. Uh, clearly, you know, Trump's got so much support. All the other candidates would love to have some of it. But I think in terms of people who are actually uh, trying to get trying trying to line themselves up for that, Cruz is probably in the lead for that. You've probably seen uh, Scott Walker make in what my opinion, were kind of clumsy moves to um, surf a little bit on some of this Trump support on, say, birthright citizenship. Right. Um, I think I think Walker's have and, and also Walker's kind of adopting a more anti-Republican, more Washington established, anti-Washington establishment Republican uh, stance. My feeling is you, you really can't change your stance to try to be like Donald Trump because there's only one of them. That's right. And he, People will know that uh, you're trying to copy. Byron York, thanks so much for joining us in the Washington Examiner. Great work as always. We appreciate your time. Michael Graham now in the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 1121. I am Michael Graham. The shooter in the uh, horrific story out of Virginia, uh, whose television name was Bryce Williams, whose uh, real name is Vester with a V, Vester Flanagan, videotaped the shooting as he murdered his two former co-workers. And he has posted the video on the Internet. The, uh, he posted it on Twitter and he posted it on Facebook and he tweeted out and I'm just going to read or excuse me, fa- Facebook. Yeah, tweet tweeted out. Uh, I filmed the shooting. See Facebook. Adam went to HR on me after working with me one time. 
They hired her after that. EEOC report filed. Allison made racist comments. So that that's the statement from the shooter using the name Bryce Williams. Uh, so I did what I uh, thought my job is when what I is what I think my job is. I linked to that video with a tweet, and just like I did on Facebook earlier this morning with the video of the uh, newscast because he murdered these people on the newscast with a big warning warning. This this is a video of the actual shooting taken by the shooter. It is very disturbing. But I tweeted it out to you because I know many of you are like me. When the news happens, you want to see it. When the bad stuff happens, up to a point, obviously, there's, you know, graph, if, if the video had, uh, you, know, uh, you know, bloodshed and, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, there's obviously is a line that reasonable people can see. And uh, I mean, and, and can, can, can draw, but I tweeted out. I hate it when people just post stuff just there. It's like, remember the picture of the, the mom nursing her kid and the other kid. It was a really disturbing photo. So I linked to the photo, but I had an edited version that popped right up on the screen. Cause I don't want anyone to just see the you know have the stuff jump out at you i I, i'm trying to warn you and oh my gosh i've gotten 17 tweets immediately back i'm blocking you immediately why would you send that what's wrong with you well i i'm sending it so that if you want to see it you can see it i mean that's why i mean that's why i'm giving you the warning i i can understand absolutely why reasonable people would not want to see the video it's horrifying terrifying uh stuff um and uh but but many of you are like me you want to see the news as it happens so was i wrong 8444041067 was i wrong to link these videos the video of the shooting from the tv anchor side or the shooting from the video of the uh you know shooters side was that the wrong thing to do uh a, a colleague of mine from the weekly standard is horrified. Michael, you just tweeted out a snuff film. How dare you? This is wrong. What's wrong with you? Need to block you for this. Uh, Brandon at News Radio 1067, my, my executive producer, was that the wrong thing to do? We have a job as the media and journalists to report the news. Okay, don't ever use the word journalist when talking about me. <laughs> Unlike Jorge Ramos, I don't pretend to be a journalist. I'm a talk show host. Uh, that's my As job. a member of the media, mm-hmm. we have a job to provide information of what's going on in the news. Mm-hmm. It was painful to watch the videos of September 11th, but you had to watch them because mm-hmm. that's the relevant news. Um, if you don't want to see it, right. you don't have to see it. And that and that's the big thing. And you put the disclaimer on it. That's really all you need to do. If you don't want to see it, don't click on it. A lot of people don't want that information in front of them because they mm. know that they want to see it, but they can't handle it. Yeah, and, that, and, I, and that's, no the thing. that's what they Absolutely. get mad at. And I, I, exactly. I hate it when the New York Times published a photo of people f- leaping off the building in 9-11. They put that photo right there. I'm like, whoa, 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 front page? I can't even walk by the newsstand? Yeah. Come on. The great thing about the Internet is you can put stuff and say, look, here's where it is. If you want to go there, go there. But this is my job. I mean, this is, I mean, not in like a journalist sense, but 
When we talk about stuff, I want you to see what we're talking about. I'm always posting links to stories and tweeting out links to stories and videos because it's there. If you think, oh, that's too gross, that's disgusting, if that's too sexual, I, I, that, that's totally cool with me, man. But to not put it up, I'm sorry. It is. There's a certain point where, you know, within reason, the ugliness of the world is the conversation. Uh, and so Twitter has since block this guy's account. Uh, I assume Facebook is doing the same. Uh, also, once again, just to show you how, uh, why you, don't, you we don't need people like Jorge Ramos screwing up the news on purpose. All morning long, I've been telling you that media have been reporting that they're chasing this guy. Well, that apparently is now completely untrue. The guy's car was found at the Roanoke Airport, and so the shooter may be in a different ca- car. So the idea that, and once again, Governor McAuliffe of Virginia said this, you know, he was just wrong. That's because as you're following a breaking news story, you, people get it wrong. People get it wrong. It's just, it's not a perfect world. That's why I don't want a guy like Jorge Ramos going, yes, I'm getting it wrong before a good cause. You have to understand why I'm getting it wrong. No, no, let's just, if we can just get the facts out, I'll take more disturbing video and less advocacy journalism if we can get this to work. 844-404-1067. Did I do the wrong thing by linking these videos? Is this promoting snuff film? Is this just our job? You tell me. 844-404-1067. We'll also give you a chance to win free lunch because we do it every day, even when the topics are less than pleasant. And we got another uh, free lunch at Community Smith, Midtown Atlanta's Modern Meadery. That's coming up. It's all happening here on The Michael Graham Show. Lunch. In the lunch line. Doesn't have to cost dough. Because every day on Michael Graham show. Hey, wait a minute. That's me. The lunch line. Kick it. You get free lunch if you call in. 844-404-1067. Free food. Yours if you just listen. The lunch line sponsored by Taste of Atlanta, September 25th through 27th. 90 restaurants participating. I'll definitely be there. Go to tasteofatlanta.com. The lunch today comes from Community Smith, Midtown Atlanta's modern meadery. Community Smith, just call 844-404-1067. Today's lunch line comes to us courtesy of Jorge Ramos and you know who. I have the right to ask the question. No, you don't. You haven't been called. I have the, I have the right to ask the question. And then there was the ultimate put down about the guy's network that resolved the issue. 844-404-1067. We'll be sending you to Community Smith uh, in the lunch line. We'll give away free lunch every day around this time. And just so you know, we're not going to be doing a uh, confession hotline uh, at 1145. It's the wrong show for that today. But we'll be doing an extended one tomorrow. So you can still call the confession hotline at 404-436-2007. And follow me on Twitter, by the way. I am M. Graham. I try to, during the commercial breaks, read the tweets that come in, and they add to the show, and you can see the stuff that I tweet out, and you can answer the question of whether or not I am evil in sending out snuff films uh, as opposed, or am I doing my job by sending you the stuff that people want to see. First, so let's try to send Justin to lunch. Justin, are you ready? Yes, sir. We're going to play the line. When we get to the end, you finish it, and you win free lunch. Here we go. I have the right to ask the question. No, you don't. You haven't been called. I have the, I have the right to ask the question. Justin. 
Go back to Univision. I have the right to ask the question. No, you don't. You haven't been called. I have the, I have the right to ask the question. Go back to Univision. Justin, you absolutely nailed it. Stay on hold. We'll get your information. We give away free lunch every day at this time. Tell all your friends, by the way. They should be listening. We're hanging out, having lunch, and talking about tough stuff as it happens. Some developing news and straight to the calls at 844-404-1067. The shooter, whose TV name is Bryce Williams, as opposed to his uh, actual name, Vester Flanagan, uh, had been embroiled in race-related work conflict, complaints, uh, EEOC filings. He videotaped the shooting as he did it and released a video of, from his perspective. And you can see him. He walks right up to the woman reporter as she's interviewing their guest out at the shopping mall. He's like two or three feet away and the gun is out. But as Cheryl White and I were talking about earlier, when you're doing one of these TV hits, you're so focused on the camera, the interview, what are you going to say? They didn't see him. Of course, the camera guy's got his eye in the lens thing and the shoulder you know, unit. He doesn't see it. And then uh, Vester Flanagan shoots the woman, and you can see it because he's holding the camera phone at the time. He also, according to ABC, faxed a lengthy statement to them about the shooting, etc. Here's my question for you at 844-404-1067. Some people uh, on Twitter are saying that I did the wrong thing by sending out a link to that shooting video. Other people are saying it's just part of the job and the conversation. Marie, you are on the air with Michael Graham. You did do the right thing, and it is part of your job. There's nothing wrong with seeing the video. If you want to, you put a disclaimer up. That gives people the option to watch or not to watch. But I don't want someone thinking from me, oh, they can't handle this. This is not right, so I won't put it up at all. That is that is the completely wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. You did the right thing. And what bugs me about the media who do this, and thank you for the call, Marie, at 844-404-1067, is the judgments that you're making about the audience by doing this. I, I, I'm still mad when I think about it. I'm still mad that the newspapers who were telling us the number one news story in the world, rioting and a thousand deaths, I'm, I'm doing that number off the top of my head, but hundreds of deaths, over cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad, and they would not show us the cartoons. Are you crazy? I'm not saying you got to put them on the front page. In fact, I remember, but somewhere in the newspaper, on your website, somewhere say, hey, grown-up news consumers, here it is. You can see it. To make that judgment about me, and of course, the, the lamest part of that is the reason why the AJC didn't show the cartoons, as, as I recall, certainly not at that time. The reason the New York Times didn't is they were scared Snotless. They did it out of cowardice. It was the same cowardice from the guys on the train running away. We don't want to get in trouble. Just take the news elsewhere. Go away. I, I posted the link. Uh, Twitter has suspended his account, so the video is pro- likely gone now. Facebook has suspended the account. Uh, but it's still, now that it's on the interwebs, you know it's going to be out there somewhere. And so if you want to see it, we're talking about it. I'm, I feel like I'm, it's my job to make you see. If I want to be clear on something, I am not. You'll never see me pull a Jorge Ramos and pretend to be a journalist. I'm not. I'm a talk show host. I, which, to me, I feel a burden to be even more honest with you because this is just our opinions. When we, we take the news, I tell you what journalists uh, report, and then we talk about it, what it means, what we think, our personal experiences. 
I've got to be honest. I've never been able to be one of those talk shows who does does a show, puts on a character. You know, I'm here with half my brain tied behind blah blah blah. No, I'm. It's you and me talking, and I'm I'm going to screw up. I have screwed up. I will screw up again. Feel free to tell me when you think I screwed up. You might be right, and I can learn from you and do it differently. But now nah, I've I've got to link the video. One of the uh, one of our my uh, Twitter people, Eric says. Michael, I wouldn't have linked the video, but that doesn't make it wrong. I also can't watch the Planned Parenthood videos for the same reason. Those Planned Parenthood videos are gruesome. They are so gruesome talking about babies' hearts beating and then the uh, um, doctor um, removing the brain and talking about how they're trying to maximize the amount of organs that they save while they're conducting the abortion. on It it is... But I've linked them. I, I I haven't been able to make myself watch all of them, but I've linked them because I want you to know what's going on so we can talk about it. We can get smarter and on occasion have a good time while we're doing it, although this topic is certainly not in the good time wheelhouse. 844-404-1067 is the phone number. Is it the right thing or wrong thing to do to uh, to link these horrific videos? You tell me that also... What about the fact that we now know that there were EEOC complaints filed uh, before? Does that tell us anything about this story? Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. It's 1150-844-404-1067. Going straight to your calls after some updates. A local television station in Virginia is reporting that the shooter, Vester Flanagan, a.k.a. Bryce Williams, has shot himself. That's according to a local TV station. The story is essentially over and um, uh, in the sense that if, if this is true. ABC says they've gotten a 23-page manifesto from the uh, shooter, Faxed to them and they've turned it over to the police uh, and uh, uh, other news sources are looking at his background, including complaints regarding the EEOC and the co-workers that he uh, shot. And then we also finding out that earlier in his career, Vester Flanagan, a.k.a. Bryce Williams, worked at WTOC here in um, in Georgia. 844-404-1067. Phil, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hey, I just have one question for you. If you didn't post that link, would it still, would your show still be called the Natural Truth? Well, I mean, I'm you can't get everything on, so I can, the argument would be that just because it's true doesn't mean you need to show us where it is. But uh, I'm I'm just trying. I I I know that I would want to see it. I assume that most of the listeners would want to see it, so I posted it where they could get it, but they didn't have to see it. Yeah, well, I know that for me, I depend on your show for the news because uh, mm-hmm. I listen to your show all morning while I'm in the truck. So I depend on you for that kind of stuff. Well, Phil, thanks for the call. And, uh, and I hope you're drinking heavily if you're listening to all three hours of my show every day. Um, the, uh, yeah, the no confirmation on the suspected gunman having shot himself uh, other than that local television news, but they are there on the spot. And uh, he's also been, like I mentioned, he was involved in a lawsuit with a previous uh, 
employers alleging you know racial bias, racial animus based on the tweets that he has sent out. That seems to be part of what was in his mind at the time. Who knows what we're going to end up finding out. Just like we had the name wrong for the first few hours because that's the way the world works. Who knows what we're going to end up figuring out about this guy. But when he tweeted out, Allison made racist comments. He then tweeted out, EEOC report filed. He tweeted out, they hired her after that. Adam went to HR on me after working with me one time. I filmed the shooting see facebook and it uh it came up and and, and it was there uh charles cw cook who was a guest on the show earlier tweeted out this is the first social media murder and he's right and unfortunately it is almost certain to not be the last and is it a co- is it a coincidence that the first social media murder is committed by a member of the media. This guy worked in TV. That was his job. And I, I, you don't have to be a media guy, you know, media professional to think in terms of the media. You know what I mean? People are very media savvy already. It's amazing to me. Your calls to the confession hotline, the number of you who come up with clever calls that could have been written by a joke writer for, you know, the Late Late Show. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how media savvy you are, how smart you are about how to use the Internet and Facebook and Twitter. But I don't, I don't know that it's a coincidence that a guy who worked in the media thought from before, earlier, you know, early on, I'm going to commit this murder and I'm going to make a media spectacle out of it. And so that takes us back to the question of, am I doing my job by linking that video that he took so that you can see it? Or am I aiding the twisted purpose of this dirtbag? And the, some, the fact is, sometimes telling the story means telling the part of the story that the twisted dirtbag wants. You can't cover, you can't talk about the history of World War II without talking about Hitler's views of the Jews and his views of eugenics. You just can't. I mean, it's, that's part of the story when people ask, well, what, why, why did you have the war with the Holocaust? Why did, why did you have the Holocaust? You didn't have to have a Holocaust to have a war. You could have just had a war. Well, to look at the world that way, you don't understand Hitler. I don't think it's promoting Hitler's message to talk about it, but you, you know, once again, the case can be made. This guy certainly know Hitler. He's not, you know, he's a small player, small fry, a single murderous incident that is no more uh, lethal than a typical weekend in Chicago, I'm sorry to say. Murders like this happen all the time in the United States. This one gets the attention because it happened on television. So is this feeding his media frenzy? Is this giving him what he wanted? Or is this just everybody involved doing its job? Uh, dispatch on scanner says police on scene of shooting on I-66 in relation to the murders of TV reporter and cameraman that comes from the local Fox affiliate in D.C. So we'll see if that is related to the report that he killed himself uh, on uh, and if it's on I-66. If it happened that way, you'll find it out here because I guarantee you that the News Radio 1067 newsroom is going to be on this story throughout the day. And so stay tuned right here. You can also uh, follow the newsroom on Twitter and check out the news on the News Radio 1067 webpage. It's all there. 
I now have a, another functioning link to the video taken by the shooter. I'm going to post that link on Twitter and on Facebook for you to decide if you want to see it or not. Is that the right thing to do? It's the best I can do. It's me being honest with you and doing my what I think is my job. And my job is the greatest gig ever in the history of the world. Thank you so much for letting me have it. Thank you for being for part of the conversation. Please tell all your friends. Have them join us too. Nine to noon. I am Michael Graham. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.